Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. This is Pastor Dominic Romaldi with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. We've got a sermon coming up this morning. Yes, we do, on the cycles of life from the book of Ecclesiastes, where the writer of Ecclesiastes looks at everything kind of under the sun. I think this is an important sermon for all of us to hear. Again, I've entitled the sermon, The Cycles of Life from the book of Ecclesiastes. With no further ado, let's do it. Let's go, with no further ado, let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes and hold there. Ashley, don't put up no text until I give you the word, all right, Miss Ashley? You, okay, good job. Let me just introduce this book a little. It's a, it's a, let me tell you something. There's not a lot of sermon series preached on the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, and it's, and it's, a, it's a book that I think is apropos. I think it's important to understand um, what's going on. Um, I believe this is going to be a blessing to you. It was a blessing to me studying through it and continuing to study through it. It's a book, like I said, is not preached all the time. Um, basically, looks at things under the sun. But let me let me kind of lay this out just quickly, if I can. The book of Ecclesiastes is a book like no other. The author of the book, as Kinder depicts, he's an explorer, right? He's a navigator of life. He explores life. Kinder goes on to say that the writer's main concern is with the boundaries of life. The question is, what are they? Are there boundaries or they're not? Or everybody's all over the map. So the question is, are there boundaries in life? And especially with other questions that most of us would hesitate to investigate. Satan hates thinking Christians. And one thing about the book of Ecclesiastes, he thinks through things. He thinks through a lot of things. And, and sometimes, you know, instead of just, you know, we come to church, we praise the Lord, we, we love the Lord, we sing songs, we preach. But we have to be thinking Christians, Mary. We have to be able to think things through when we see the world, when we see the news, we see what's going on around us. We got to be able to think things through. And one thing here about the book of Ecclesiastes, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's a deep thinker. In fact, he's got like a Star Trek model. Right? He wants to go where no man has gone before. The writer of Ecclesiastes, he swims in deep waters. He, he looks at questions that, and, and, and things that sometimes again, like, we just won't delve into, Nikki. And we need to. The writer, he's a deep thinker and he's a king. He's a king. He's a deep thinker and he's a king. But sadly today, we don't have a lot of deep thinkers. You know why? Because we have regurgitated information at the tip of our fingers. Now, I'm not saying that the Internet and that stuff is not bad. You know me better. But sometimes we just don't think enough and we don't think things through. One thing about the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's going to think things through. Some people say Solomon wrote it. Some say someone wrote it later reflecting on Solomon's life. It doesn't matter, Sonia. We know that the Holy Spirit wrote it, right? That's what's important. And we know he was a king. Now, now the book, here's the thing about 
I think people got a misnomer about Ecclesiastes. The book does not address atheists. Please hear that. It doesn't address atheists. It addresses the personal persons who start their thinking from mankind and the observable world and knows God only from a distance. Now, this is important. Now, this sadly could be a lot of people in the church today. Hopefully and prayerfully not here, but maybe here. That, that we, that basically, you know, the, we, we, we think things in, in our own strength. We look at the observable world and God is only at a distance. And we pray that this book, as it challenged me, will challenge you to, to, for ones who need true repentance, that it may come in your life. Because at the end of the day, Unless you are a true repentant Christian, you're dead. You are dead. And, and this is why I use this song to be awakened because, because we need to be awakened, especially as we read through this book. Now we'll read the term under the sun 29 times in our text. And we've all read Ecclesiastes, right? We see, we, the term under the sun 29 times. It means life in the temporal, life in the here and now. Which affects all of us, even Christians. Now, why, why does the, why does life in the here and now affect Christians? Obviously, we live here, but why does it really affect us? Because we're sinners. Sin produces things, and there's things in the book of Ecclesiastes that the writer's gonna look at, and he's gonna ponder. First of all, sin. That's one. Second, loneliness. Anybody been lonely in here before? What about despair? Then there's these unanswered questions in life like untimely deaths in families, right? Sickness, personal wants and needs to the extreme. Questions about God. Some may question times about their own salvation. Sin gives us an alternate view of the Christian reality. And what I think what, what the writer does here is he delves into these areas, areas that we will not dare to go. But we need to go, Kathy, and that's and this is where Ecclesiastes is going to challenge us. Now, here's the thing. For the writer of Ecclesiastes, there's no personal or lasting accomplishments under the sun because at any time they could be snatched out of one's hands. The Bible says, the word of Ecclesiastes says, time and chance can happen to anyone. And, and things can get snatched right out of your hands. Doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Time and chance can happen to anyone. And this is what the, what the writer of Ecclesiastes, he, this befuddles him, Kathy. It befuddles him. And we need to think, so we don't think enough no more. And what I like about the writer of Ecclesiastes, he's a deep thinker, and I've mentioned that, but we need to be thinking Christians. And, and he challenges me to think more through the text, to think more through the life, to think more about my marriage and, and things of that nature. He's a challenging guy. Now, listen, this is important. Now, God meets us in this book in three main aspects. Now, now this is important to get the book, to get the, the writings here. First, the, God meets us as creator. He meets us as sovereign and unsearchable wisdom. Now, let me go over those just quickly, and then we'll read the text. As creator, we are reminded that the world has its own rhythms, which we are caught up in. A time for this, a time for that, which we cannot control. 
Only God can control it. So there's these these rhythms. He's created. He's created these things as sovereign. It is a God who has prescribed the frustrations we find in life. Nothing really changes. Only the zip code, right? We know that. But especially disappointments of living under the sun. The Bible says all is vanity. Nothing changes. So you see this. You'll see this cycle of life go. And 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 the and the writer of Ecclesiastes is befuddled by this. He's he doesn't understand this. That there's you know the Bible says that God has put eternity in our hearts because basically we can't understand eternity. We can't get there, Carolyn. Can we? We can't get there. We want to get there though because the Bible says that God has put eternity in your heart, but we can't understand eternity. And for the writer of Ecclesiastes, what he sees is just a cycle. This repetitiveness of life. And finally, God also meets us in unsearchable wisdom. Here we face, now get this, the hiddenness of God. He's unsearchable, reducing our most brilliant thoughts to a little more than guesses. As Paul depicts, we see through a glass darkly. Listen, this is Christians too. I, you know, we, you know, going to, I was talking about, you know, you go to seminary, I went to seminary, and you got these scholars that we listen to, and we love them and honor them because they, they're servants of the Lord. At the end of the day, we all see through a glass darkly. All of us see through a glass darkly. And Paul tells us that. And, and here, I, the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to delve deep and trying to look for answers. And, and I think that we, we've, we, we are so inundated with, with, and I've mentioned this, and, and people, I, I'm, you know, Italians repeat themselves, right? But we are, we are inundated with snippets of argumentation. You know, you get on the thing and they'll tell you, and I mentioned this, you know, five dead and over here and, and, and Derek Jeter just bought the Marlins and, but you don't have no time to focus on anything. You just get these snippets of argumentation and that's, that's a work of the enemy. There's no more, you know, you, you even with texting, you know, you, you don't have no more conversations with people. The writer of Ecclesiastes, he's a deep thinker. He's a deep thinker. And, and, and we, and technology, as good as it is, I'm not looking to get chief out of a job or nothing like that, but as good as technology is, we miss FaceTime and, and, and the writer of Ecclesiastes is gonna, is gonna get us down into the brass tacks. In 3.11, as the Bible depicts, he's made everything beautiful in his time. He also has put eternities in man's mind so man cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. Let us read the first 11 verses. Uh, and remember that God's ways are not our ways. Now let's read the first 11 verses of Ecclesiastes. Let me, let me show you this. Let, let me help you. Let me help you in these 11 verses, if I may. The first two verses... The first two verses is the introduction to the book. From three to eight is a poem. This is a poem. I mean, this is, you'll see, and then nine to 11 brings clarification to the argument. So we got an introduction, we got a poem, and we got clarification to the, to the argument. Here's the introduction. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What advantage does man have in all his work? 
which he does under the sun. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Also, the sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises there again, blowing toward the south, then then toward the north. The wind continues swirling, and on its circular courses, the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Now, this clarifies the argument. That which has been is that which will be. And that which has been done is that what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. There's, is there anything of which one might say, so this is, so this, it is new? Already it's existed for ages, which were before us. There's no remembrance of earlier things and also of later things which will occur. There'll, there'll be, there will be for them no remembrance among those who come later still. Anybody familiar with Simon and Garfunkel? Paul Simon? Paul Simon said this. God only knows God makes his plan. The information's unavailable to the mortal man. We work our jobs, collect our pay. Believe we're gliding down the highway when in fact we're slip sliding away. Uh, he's on to something, Simon, there. But but basically, we, we think we're going one way, but he says we're slip sliding away. Now, now you're going to hear words. Let me use this. A vanity of vanity. A havel of havels. Or, and, and he calls himself a preacher. But the better word is he's kohelet. It means that he he's a gatherer, a collector of information. One who collects so he can be a spokesman on the subject. Listen, the problem is... I'll give you an old Italian saying. How's that? Uh, let me let me say it like that. A lot of people like to talk to move the air around. I mean, you see, I mean, a lot of people just like to talk to move the air around. Not Kohelet. Not the writer of Ecclesiastes. He's a deep thinker, as I said. I'm going to keep mentioning that because he believes that everything is Havel of Havels or vanity of vanity. And, and so he... He comes up with the idea that everything is vanity. And it's an interesting word. It's like, you know, the word vanity is like, let me give you an example, Miss Ashley. You know, we don't get a lot of cold weather here, but this morning it was pretty cold, right, Ben? But it, people who are from, somebody said they were from Wisconsin this morning. Let me put you on front street. You did, right? You're from Wisconsin. This is nothing compared to Wisconsin, right? But when you get out in the morning in Wisconsin, you blow this, 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 this vapor that comes out from the cold, right? Well, well, that's what the Ecclesiastes is saying, that all is vanity. It's like a vapor. You know, it condensates, you see it, and then it disappears. And what the teacher is saying, according to Seau, life is fleeting. It's unpredictable, incomprehensible, unknowable. It's beyond human ability to grasp, like your breath on a cold day. Listen, this is, if, if you are not a Christian today, and even if you're a Christian, especially because this book, I believe, is written just as much as for us as it is for anybody else. The thing is, if you are not a Christian today, or even if you are a Christian today, we can't understand this world rightly. It's just hard. Human existence, earthly existence, are at the end of the day vanity because they wither, they fade, they have no lasting value. 
And this is what the writer is telling us. Basically, they're slip sliding away. They're slip sliding away. We live in a world that puts so much weight on life and existence and experience to the point that we try to preserve, even covet these things at all costs. But the collector, the gatherer, Kohelet, sees things differently. Look in verse 3. He looks at life according to Kinder as being on a treadmill. Right? Look, what advantage does a man have in all his work which he does under the sun? It's, it's on a treadmill. Like watching a train set going around at Christmas. It's mundane. He looks at this. Now you look at this. He looks at this world and he looks. He says, this is mundane. Nothing. Everything that happens just keeps happening. It just happens over again and over again. And I think that he's, he's trying to nail down life in a nutshell. And it doesn't matter how. We, we talk about this all the time. How fast does 80 years go? How fast does 70 years go? I mean, fast. And, and, and it's just this one cycle that, that he's speaking about. And he's saying there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more here than what it is. And, and, and it, it, in light of eternity. But these are warning shots. See, the writer of Ecclesiastes has given us warning shots. To ones who put their stability in things under the sun. The challenge is that the experience of this life contain no lasting value. Or better, if they, if they contain lasting value, Steve, they do not contain eternal value. And that's the challenge. That's what he's trying to get along. There's no lasting value in anything that's under the sun. Now, you might say, man, pastor, I got to come to church and hear this stuff. We need to hear it. We need to hear this, that there's nothing in this world that's lasting. Your job, your finances, nothing. You don't know, Gene, when you're going to go out there and maybe get hit by a car. Now, I'm not saying that pejoratively, but we don't know. We're not thinking like that. Because we know, we just think, I'll see you tomorrow. How many times you say, I'll see you tomorrow morning? No, you don't know that. You don't know that. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is befuddled by this. Because he sees this re- repetition of life, Melba. And he says, man, this is all there is. It's like on being on a Ferris wheel. And that's all it is, is this. And, and this befuddles him. He doesn't get this. But he's digging deep. He wants to understand life. And, and thank God for... Kohelet here, because these warning shots is something we need to look at. In other words, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world if he forfeits his soul? I mean, think about what he's saying. You can gain the whole world. I mean, I, I hear these guys, and you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Yankee fan and a baseball fan and a Giant fan. I got to take Harlan over later to watch the Vikings and 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 probably watch them lose. I'm only kidding, Harlan. But but I'm saying, but I'm saying. The thing is, they sign these long 10-year contracts for 25, 30 million a year. They don't know if tomorrow they're going to get up. And, you know, we just, we kind of bounce that around. But do we really believe it? Do we really believe that tomorrow is not promised? And this is what Kohelet is seeing. He's saying to himself, man, if this all there is to life, it's all vanity. It's nothing but vanity. Nothing. And, 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 and 
there's, and you know, he's searching for meaning, but not in a superficial way. See, we can be, Marilyn, let me use this term rightly, if I may. I don't believe there's a such thing as a superficial Christian. I believe somebody can be deceived in thinking they're a Christian, for sure. But you, if you are a Christian today, you, you better be a deep thinker. And you better be thinking things through. Because, and this is what the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to tell us. Because he sees the repetition of life. A generation comes. A generation goes. Verse uh, 4. The cycle of life like a rotating door. People come and go. Right? It's worrisome. It's also deceptive. Deception keeps us guessing about life and its, and its true purpose. We must be resolute in the truth, but with so much going on in the world, we are easily taken off our square. I'll give you another quote from Paul Simon. He says, you know, the nearer your destination, the more you're slip sliding away. Our purposes in life, we all have these purposes and we all make these plans and we all have these things that we want to do. But the Bible says time and chance can happen to anyone at any time. And sometimes we don't. Are we are we ready? Where's Harry at? Harry made a great point. Are we ready today? Are you ready to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ today? That's the challenge of the book of Ecclesiastes because he's telling you that we don't know what's going on. We have no idea when our life will will be taken. And the question is like Harry says, are you ready to stand before the sovereign of the universe today? You know, people will say, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm going to get ready tomorrow. Bad decision. Bad thinking. Because you don't know if tomorrow is coming, according to the writer. And 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 he he looks at this cycle of life and and how do you break the cycle? That's the thing. How do you break the cycle? You get so caught up in this stuff. Now think about this. In in life, some will see their loved ones pass, then their children come along, and then their children pass, and so on. This is the true reality of life. It's a never-ending cycle, but it's predictable. It's predictable in the sense that you just see this stuff going on and on and on and on. It just happens, and you know it. And more times than not, we're oblivious to it. We're blinded by it. We want the next paycheck, the next job, the next position. We just want to keep going higher and higher and higher. And at the end of the day, it's all vanity. It's all chasing after the wind. And and we we think about we, we think about this in, in that sense. Now, listen, we need to be thinkers. You know, we, we need to get off the Ferris wheel of life. The, the, you know, the taking no stock in the true. We got to understand that this life is fleeting. And what are we here for? What's the reason that we're here in this world? And this is the challenge that he gives us. Then the journey goes on, but we never arrive. There's really never nothing satisfying under the sun. But sometimes we don't realize that. 
And we can't realize that, but sometimes we, you, you will not realize that until you die. And then what? And then what? That's the question. We, you know, we come here as a congregation, and yeah, we want to sing our beautiful songs and praise the Lord, and we want to we want to preach doctrinally sound sermons for sure. But we we got to deal with life, man. We got to deal with what we're talking about here. Are you ready to face your Maker? In all the stuff, no matter how many computers we have, how many cars, how much money, whatever we have, are you ready today? To meet your maker. And the book of Ecclesiastes challenges, kind of hits you under the fifth rib. And, and it challenges you to see what's really important in life. What's really important? What's really important? And I think that as we go through this book, we'll learn a lot. And I think, but at the end of the day, I, I, not only will we learn a lot, we'll start to realize more than we we know. Verse 5 is an interesting verse. It actually depicts that the sun rising and setting is actually saying the sun is puffing and stomping, conveying vigorous activity. And in the Hebrew language, it shows that the sun is, the sun, it's, it's amazing. The Hebrew language is really picturesque. But it's actually saying that the sun, by going in and out, is showing that it's tired, it's it's mundane, it's it's a language that even the sun is like just tired of this cycle that keeps going around and around and around. And do you know something? Let me just break pattern this up for a minute. If you are not a Christian, this is all you get. This is it. A cycle of life. That's all you get. It, it gets, and, and then what happens? What happens? You die. Think about it, Carolyn. That's all you get. And, and the thing is, if you are not a Christian today, that's it. The question is, if you truly are a Christian, how are you living your life? Do you get caught up in these cycles of life? The best job? the biggest bank account, the best car. This is a dangerous place to be. This is Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. I hope you enjoyed the first part of the Cycles of Life. Stay tuned next week for part two. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.